Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Mark 11, 23. Now, normally we would teach this just from uh, faith, from an aspect of faith and how to use faith. Um, real practical scripture here from Jesus. This isn't some preacher on TV you don't like. This is actual the words of Christ. Um, but t- tonight, I, I and I had a glimpse of something today that really blessed me, so I thought I'd bless you with it. Um, that, you know, we call this the faith scripture. Um, I really call it more the courage scripture. It's more about courage than it is faith, to be honest. It's more about whosoever has the, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my translation or not translation, but paraphrase of this is, uh, when Jesus was talking about that, he said, whosoever, uh, has the courage to say what needs to be said and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that everything he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever this need is as well. So you, you can see it's, it's not so much about well, I've got to believe the cancer away, or I've got to believe the money in, or I've got to believe for, you know, a, a new automobile or whatever it is that you're needing. It, instead of trying to just cram that through your soul and, and get that, you know, and then if you think, if you have one moment of, well, I don't know if this is going to happen or not, then you get into fear that you're, that the way you're thinking is going to mess up your faith and you just get all balled up if you're not careful into something that I don't think Jesus meant this to ruin your life, <laughs> but to bless your life. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, but I want you to see that it's, it's more about do, do you have the courage to, to declare and say what really needs to happen? And then you just believe that this scripture is true and that everything that you say comes to pass. Because that's what Jesus said. Everything that you say, basically, you have what you say. Yeah. Now, um, but then upon further examination, we see, and this is the part that blessed me today that I wanted to get over to you, that really what this is about is authority. Now, there's some of my friends in the grace camp uh, get afraid that, you know, you're going to give somebody, you know, something to do. <laughs> and, some, and, and it turned into a dead work, and I can see the concern. But this isn't like something that you're doing to get God's attention. This isn't something that you are doing in this confession thing. This isn't something that you're doing to impress him. Now, if you're doing it to get his attention or to impress him or to show him how mighty your faith is, you're in trouble. You're, you're, you're not in grace or faith. I don't know what you're in. You're in the street, in the gutter, <laughs> somewhere. Because um, that's when it would become a dead work and you would ruin any faith in it. Do you, that makes sense? In other words, faith is not of works. Faith is not of works. There are corresponding actions that should naturally come as the fruit of faith. But you're not going to impress God. Let's say you're claiming healing for uh, diabetes, and you're going to just, by faith, flush your 
insulin down the toilet. Well, the problem with that is that you're not impressing God with your, look what I'm willing to do. Look what I am going to show you what I can, how bold I can be. You might end up in the emergency room. And that is, if you're lucky, you're not, we don't like that word. Charismatics don't like that word. If, if you're blessed enough to, to make it to the ER, is what I'm trying to say, uh, doing something like that. Now, there are, can we just talk about that little thing there a minute? Because, uh, there, there might be someone that feels impressed or led of the Lord to do that. And, and when they do, it's the, seems to be the catalyst that pushes their miracle through and they get tested and they're completely fine. But you can't do something like that because somebody else is completely fine. Because now you have made an act of faith for some person into some sort of a fundamentalist action that becomes dead works. Now you're practicing word of faith religion instead of really operating in real Bible faith. And there is a word of faith religion. There is. And the word of faith, which I am word of faith. I was I was word of faith before we had a name. So I'm not an outsider. Brother Hagen came to my father's church in 1970. So I think I got the banner for oldest, you know, one of the oldest living word of faith people or whatever. I started young. But uh, at any rate, um, you know, we every group, and the grace people have already, they've already made a religion. They don't want to admit it. Because if you, you, you know, they're almost like, uh, I, and I love, I am a grace person. I'm a faith person and a grace person. The name of our magazine is Grace and Faith Journal. Ephesians 2.8 is one of our banner foundational scriptures. But what I don't want is anybody's fundamentalism, <laughs> including the grace people. I don't want their fundamentalism either. Because they almost have the attitude, like some liberals uh, politically, that uh, if you don't agree with us, you don't exist. <laughs> so you got to do it the way we do it and say it the way we say it and, you, you know, wear what we're wearing and paint your church the way that we paint our church. And, and you got to do all these things or you're an outsider. Well, see, this is when you have now taken something that may have been a great truth and a great help and you have tried to put a box around it. And you've made a religious, uh, fundamentalistic thing out of it. Yeah. Um, dogma. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you look at the history of the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church, by the way, they weren't too far behind them with torture chambers. Uh, when John Calvin was the mayor of Zurich, he had people executed for spitting on the street, you know. So, you know, he's not too far behind the Grand Inquisitor or whatever. So, you know, all groups have been guilty of this. And the minute that it turns fundamentalist, it turns mean. And the meanness, they'd still torture and kill people if they could get away with it. I'm telling you. You don't agree with me? You're a heretic. Off with your head. Uh, And, uh, you know, King Henry is the head of the church. So, um. What I'm trying to say is that you can take some some people don't even like to hear Mark 11:23 read or quoted, 
because they're so fearful of it becoming a dogmatic, dead works. And then you say something just talking and you get corrected by the confession monitor sitting, you know, on the other side. And, um, if you're not careful, you create this, this, this thing, the structure. So I don't think that was Jesus' idea is to create some kind of movement that's got, I don't know. It, I, it, I'm, I have a love-hate relationship with all of my groups. I don't hate anybody, technically, but you know what I mean. Uh, you know, I thank God for all ministers in my life and ministry that put something into me. Thank God. I don't have all the answers. I'm not claiming that I do. And I never will. And if that's what you're needing in a pastor, you got the wrong one. Because I, uh, I, I don't have all the answers. Uh, in fact, one of my answers is I don't have a clue. That's one of my answers. Uh, people say, what should I do? I don't know. So, you know, that's, that, I guess that's an answer, but it might not be the one that people are wanting. Amen. Uh, so what I wanted to get back to this is really what this scripture is about. It is about courage to say, but it's also about authority that is received because of Christ's finished work. We're not trying to get God to do anything. And if in your prayer and in your, and I, hey, I'm tempted to do it too. But if in our prayer we're trying to twist God's arm and talk him into Answering this prayer, uh, our prayer is misguided and misdirected. So our prayer should be, our prayer should really be our number one prayer as a believer. You know what it should be? It should be what Paul prayed in Ephesians. Lord, that I comprehend with all saints the height, depth, width, and breadth of your love for me. And so if I could get a vision of that, if I could just really see what Christ has really, really done, then I have faith that will move mountains. Because I also then understand that authority comes with it. So not only did did God, through Christ, make us his heirs, his heirs, but he made us joint or equal heirs with Christ to show what that means. So if we could get a, a, a revelation, personal, of who Christ is, what he's done, what union with him means, amen, then we would realize that this could not possibly become a dead work for us because we're saying, you know, I'm just acting like God's made me to act. I'm speaking to my mountains. I'm speaking to uh, health issues. I'm speaking to financial issues or debt or lack in some way. I'm speaking to those and expecting them to move, not because I'm demonstrating such fantastic faith. I might be demonstrating fantastic faith, but that's not the point. The point is that I'm behaving like a son of God. I'm behaving like and acting like I believe what the Word says about me, that I really truly am behaving in a way that I understand I have some authority. I have some rights. I have some privileges. I'm in the family of God, for crying out loud. Amen. Amen. 
And I've noticed with religion, which Facebook, for example, is full of religion, and they say it so beautifully that that it's almost touching, and then you realize it's, I almost said a word that's not nice. Starts with C and ends with rap. But it looks beautiful, but it's really crap. Um, and so there's other words that you could use, but I don't think that anyone wants to hear that from the pulpit but or anywhere else. But not good, and uh, Paul called it dung. I think crap is nicer than dung, to be honest. I just, you know, you think of a dung beetle. But that's in the Bible, sorry. Um, Paul said in Philippians that I count all my religious works that actually, he said, were gained to me. In other words, he it improved his financial status. It improved his social status. He had special garments that he was given to wear, which were desirable. They were valuable. Uh, he, he was, he was lifted up in this world by the worldly standard because of his religious, um, pedigree. And he said, I'm gonna, I have cast that off and count it as done that I may get the excellency that's in Christ. Amen. So I've likened it to eating dinner with a plastic fork or sterling silver. There's a difference. There's a difference in the weight. There's a difference in the feel of it in your hand. And there's a huge difference in value. And so, you know, a lot of people will hold on to their, you know, something like that instead of upgrading to when it's being offered. Amen. So, uh, I think that um, what I wanted to show you tonight is to encourage you, and uh, those that are watching us encourage you, that um, we need to start acting and talking like who God's made us to be in even a greater way. And if what if the level of that that we're doing isn't producing the results we want, we might want to continue to just get, say, Lord, reveal this to me, let it, so that it doesn't become a dead work. It doesn't become a, a chant, like I'm trying to chant it and get it to go. It's already going because you've made it to go. And I'm just getting on board. That train is already going. <laughs> but I'm going to get on board. Amen? And uh stay on board. And I've been uh working on this. For my entire Christian life. Amen. And always will be. Amen. Yes. Because this world will try to pull you down into religion. Well, you know, sometimes the Lord, well, 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 you know, and it's like, isn't it funny that, that folks all of a sudden become the in-house theologian? They know all the answers as to, you know, why and thinking that it's an encouraging word, but the only words that really encourage you are telling you who you are in Christ from this word. So little little religious doodads, sayings, do not help anybody. And it sounds sweet sometimes, and there's the deception, too, is that it sounds sweet, but it's not sweet. If it's... 
if it disagrees with the word, it's poison. Think of it laced with fentanyl or whatever, you know. It'll kill you. If you take that and ingest that, it will kill you. And so little religious sayings, uh, you know, well, like Mama always said or whatever, stuff like that, uh, they're, they're not usually helpful. You need to say what the Word says. And where we live today, even though there's something that can be gained from the Old Covenant, there's something that can be gained from the Gospels. Uh, and uh, there's faith there. It shows the character and nature of God and understanding some things. But we don't live there because Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Praise God. And we don't live in the law. Uh, and uh, we, we uh, in fact, the book of Hebrews explains, and it was, I don't know who that was written to, but you kind of have a clue, Hebrews, I don't know. <laughs> Wondering. Anyway, uh, okay, I'm not going to say what I was about to say because I get in trouble with some of my friends that are off into weirdness, but um, I'm just going to tell you this. There's no group that's exempt from the gospel. Paul said, in Christ, there's neither Greek nor Jew, male nor female. Amen. We're all one. And there's then, and heaven's not going to be segregated like a planned community from 1952. If you know what that means. Amen. Everybody's going to be there all together. I had a friend of mine try to explain that to me, that God wouldn't be so mean to make him live by folks of a certain color. So uh, my friendship with him, it kind of kind of bothered me to the point that I don't like to hang out with him much because, you know, I, I just, I just, I don't, I, yeah, it's just weird. Uh, it, and the main reason it's weird is because it's 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 not scriptural. Yeah. You know, I'm not you know I'm not saying let's go start a march or something. Uh, plenty of marchers, we don't need any more. But um, what I am saying is that uh, we need to just believe the Bible like it's written. And um, yes, the I'll say this: yes, the Jews need to hear the gospel. And Paul never said, I'm not going to preach to them anymore. I'm done. He didn't ever said that. He said, I, in fact, I'm called to the Jew first and then to the Greek. Amen. Tarpon Springs comes second. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That would put New York City ahead of Tarpon Springs. The Jew first. Brooklyn and then Tarpon. All right. Um. So whatever you want to do with that verse, I guess rip it out if you don't like it. Um, see, I went there anyway. I can't help it. I, I just know this gospel's for everybody. And uh, people talk about shoving things down people's throat. We're not. No, that shouldn't be the attitude of any gospel preacher. This is a message of love. This is the message of acceptance. This is the message of God's goodness. And grace, it shouldn't, it shouldn't ever have the shove it down anybody's throat. And, uh, so if you share Jesus and it's rejected, that's fine. It's okay. You're not going to die. Amen. 
You're not a failure as a witness. You did what you were told to do, is to share, share the, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Then it's up to the creature to decide if they receive it or reject it. You're not the closer on the deal. The Holy Spirit is. That's why the Baptists actually do a better job at uh, witnessing than a lot of full gospel people because they know the main job is to get the story told. They're not so interested in closing the deal. And we've been obsessed with, pray this prayer with me, you know, you know, right? Pray this prayer with me. And if they don't pray it, oh, God, you know, they're going to go to hell. And we tell them they're going to go to hell. And that's just not helpful. Uh, it's just better to say, I'm just sharing with you what I know and sharing with you the love of God. God loves you, has a plan for your life, wants to do something to help you. And uh, you have the authority and power to accept or reject that. And that should be it. But instead, we're just going to, we are sometimes going to cram it down their throat. And then we wonder why they run away. And I'll tell you, street witnessing in Manhattan is quite interesting. I've tried that. Um, you can get, you can get, you can get more people to listen to you in Brooklyn and the Bronx than you can in uh, Manhattan because they, they'll take your track and you think, oh good, look, they took my track. They'll take your track and put it right in the trash, right in front of you, you know. And they might give you a, a wave, but it's not a good one. Well, they need the gospel too. Praise God. And there's some good churches there on the high rent district. I used to preach at one of them, uh, Lexington and Third. By Central Park, I used to preach at a church there, um, and it was um, I, it was actually the street was I mean that was the cross streets, but it was on uh, 60, uh, 60, 64th or 62nd I forget, and I I called my meetings miracles on 64th Street, you know, <laughs> so I had one of my Word of Faith pastor friends write me a letter. And they saw my poster and they said, how dare you say that you're going to have miracles? Who do you think you are? I said, I'm just believing God. <laughs> Bible says, preach the gospel. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be down. These signs shall follow them that believe. Yeah, but you never know. I mean, I can't, you just can't believe it. Went to the same Bible school I did and let me have it. Well, I'm still announcing miracles. Praise God. We serve a miracle God. God's in the miracle business. Sometimes you look back and realize you've been having more miracles in your life than you even knew were happening. You thought, well, ain't nothing happening. Then you look back and realize, and someday God's going to show you a video of your life, and you're going to see the car accident that never happened, and you're going to see the sickness that never came, and you're going to see the accusation that was never filed and those kinds of things, amen? Yeah. And you're going to see that God's whole, your whole life's a miracle. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Ah! I'm fired up. This is a good spot right here to preach yeah. from. 
Amen. So, the whole thing with with the confession, uh, again, Jesus said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast to the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, shall believe those things which he saith, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That this is an action, if you will make it so, in your mind and heart, this is an action of authority. It is, it is not a dead work. It is not, shouldn't turn into chanting. It, but it's, it's, I am speaking to, if there's a part of my life that's not manifesting the goodness of God, then I need to speak to that, don't I? I need to speak to it even if it is manifesting the goodness of God. Praise God. Um, turn a couple of more scriptures, okay? Y'all getting anything out of this? Turn to Job. Now, you know the dead works people have gotten a hold of things when you start calling Job Job. That's a bad joke, isn't it? All right. <laughs> like you got a job to do. Okay. I should put out a book, Pastor David's Corny Jokes. Okay. Job 22, um, 28. Spirit of God talking, he says, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established up unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. When men are cast down, then thou shalt say, There is lifting up, and he shall save the humble person. He shall deliver the island of the innocent, and it is delivered by the pureness of thine hands. Amen. Now, again, when men are cast down, you will say, there is lifting up. It's opposite of what you're seeing. How many can see this is the same spirit of faith that Jesus was talking about in Mark 11, 23? This is the same faith that Jesus was talking about in Mark 11:22 when he said have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith what kind is that it's the kind that says with the mouth believes with the heart amen like Romans 10 and uh it's the kind that declares and sets things straight see faith confession faith affirmation, faith decrees will take something that's trying to go off the rails and put it back on the rails. Amen. Amen. Making the crooked places straight. And if you're not, and if you, and if, if you get into that religious thing of, well, I don't know why the Lord's letting me go through this. I don't know what he's trying to say to me. I just wish he, you know, all that stuff. I'm ever, Anybody ever heard people talk like that? And um, if, if, if that's where you're going to camp, you're going to, 
you know, God help you. But um, I would rather say, Lord, show me in your word what your will is for me. Show me in your word what your ways are for me. And when you do that, then you begin to, when you see, it's kind of like, you know, walking a couple of dogs or something. Speaking of New York City, anybody ever seen people walk dogs up there? It's the craziest thing. They'll have like, they've got these, uh, um, we had a friend uh, in um, New York that had a uh, dog walking service, you know. She was making six figures a year walking dogs because there were so many people that for six figures a year living in Manhattan didn't go very far. But anyway, she that's what she made. And she was trying to, so what people did that trusted her because she came highly recommended, they gave her the key to their apartment. And then she would hire people under her and they so many folks could go. And all day you walk dogs. You go unlock the door, put the leash on, take the dog out, through the doorman out the front to the park with your little baggies. Because the, the poop police are everywhere, you know, the whatever, um, in New York. So anyway, they, they, they got, they got the, the little baggie and, you know, you got to clean up after these dogs. Anyway, you take them back and put them in the apartment, take the leash off, put them in their kennel or, you know, on the sofa or whatever. But anyway, um, you know, you gotta control those dogs because if you just went out there to Central Park and took the leashes off, the dogs would just, you, you'd never get them back. You understand that? Yeah. So our confession, this is my illustration. I don't know if it's all that great, but my confession is, it's like our confession is the leash yeah. on our affairs. And you're, so you'll have something that tries to go off on its own, do its own thing over here. It could be your health. It could be your your financial situation. It could be something with your family or in a relationship. It's just trying to go off the rails here. But you have a leash, and you sometimes have to jerk that back and pull that back in. Amen. So I hope that kind of illustrates what your confession will do, because we all have stuff. That comes against us. And I call it the two by four of life. Like hitting a mule in the head. You know, the two by four. And it comes at you. And uh, hits you. And you go, oh, yeah, okay. I'm still on planet earth here. <laughs> and so these things, the, you, you, you take, you know, this chihuahua over here is trying to, Run off so you, you, you feel the tug on that leash and you pull it back into line. The bulldog will never run off. He, he, he'll, you'll have to carry him back to the apartment. Um, if, if somebody is told to decree something, this, this was another thought I had today about this. Religion, again, pushes God so far out of reach. And people love to talk about how poor they are, meaning uh, in, in, their, in their state, not so much financially poor, but 
spiritually poor, that I'm just, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm barely, oh God, you know, you look upon my lowly estate. And you're down here kind of in the dirt. And God's in his magnificence on the throne in heaven. And you're asking him for a medicine dropper of blessing. Mercy drops round us are falling, yet for the showers we plead. And so, you know, God's got a, a, a little medicine dropper and he's dropping a blessing upon you. Just, eh, oh, I need more of that. No, not today. So, <laughs> not for the likes of you. And, um, I mean, when we get to heaven, is God really going to talk like Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., you know? Hello! You know? Anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is the Lord! You know, anyway. You just get these images. <laughs> and so, you know, you're just so down in the, you know, the plebeian dirt. And uh, God's way up there. But that doesn't sound like when God is talking to Job because he's declared him righteous. And so he's saying the righteous man should be able to stand up and decree something. Well, just people on the street don't have any authority to decree anything. You can decree till you're blue in the face and nobody's going to... In fact, they might question your sanity. And I want to ask you some questions. If you stand out there long enough and scream loud enough. So it's not just like somebody in the down and out, down and outer. God, in other words, God's view of us is not as poor, pathetic, down and out, barely make it to church Christians. This is not what he has called us and declared us to be. He has called us sons. It shall not appear to us yet what we shall be, but we know that when He comes, that we shall be like Him. So if God's saying to Job under the Old Covenant, you know, Job's like supposedly the oldest book in the Bible. He's saying to him under the oldest covenant that has ever been seen, decree something. How much more should us, the redeemed, be encouraged to decree something? And I know there's days you don't feel like decreeing. <laughs> you feel like putting a bag over your head and wishing that you could get Valium over the counter. Have you ever had Valium? It's wonderful. We had, we had, we had, we had, um, you know, when we went through the, the loss of our son, you know, we were vibrating and we couldn't sleep and called a doctor friend of mine in Tulsa and I said, we can't sleep 
you know, and we need to sleep because we have to travel and all these things are happening, you know, with Chris. And uh, he said, I'll send over something. So he sends over this bottle with like four pills only. And it's Valium. And we took it and it was a glorious. <laughs> you float out, man. Hey, man, peace. Yeah, you know, and you're out and you don't know, and you don't care. So after two nights, we ran out. And I called it Dr. Bobby. Yeah, this is David Horton here. In, uh, got any more of those pills? <laughs> I can see how they're addictive. Get any more of those? Because those were fabulous. <laughs> and he goes, nope, you can't have more. I said, oh, man. I can understand how people become drug addicts because the experience of some of that is just you escape <laughs> everything. <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> anyway, like I said, some days you wish you could get Valium. You don't feel like decreeing. Come on, get up, decree, declare. I don't want to. I don't feel I don't, I'm not into that today. I don't feel like declaring anything. Well, that's when you need to declare it the most. Because what, what that signals to the devil is, oh, good, it's working. Uh, my little attack has discouraged them. And if he can, he, he's like a mad dog. He, he, he senses fear, he smells fear, and it comes after you. Matthew 18, one more, okay, then we'll be done. You get anything out of this? Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like going to church. I just don't want to go. I know all that. I read those books. I don't know. I don't think any of that works. I don't know. You do know you're just being weird. And we get weird when we get, when we get, when we forget who we are and we forget what God's done, we get weird. And then we get weird about God and we say, well, I just, you know, you just wonder, is that everything that's preached over there at that grace harvest? Do you think that's right? <laughs> You think that's, cause I, I don't know, it seems extreme always preaching that you should be blessed. I don't know. Yeah, well, let's just add some cursing on it. That'll help. Little fentanyl on top. Like people say, I just, I don't know. I don't want to go back to church. I just don't feel like I used to feel. Well, come up here. We got a frying pan in the back. We can make you feel all kinds of stuff. <laughs> How about a baseball bat? Yeah. Praise God. You know, we, you'll, you'll, you won't leave here like you came in Jesus name. <laughs> Woo! Help him, Jesus. I was there when the pastor lost his mind. It was ugly. It was, he just went nuts. I was there that service. Oh, God. All right, Matthew 18. 
18. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever. Well, surely not everything. What does it say? Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. Um, in other words, what you say goes. This is huge authority. Yes, it is. And you know, hey, I'm 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 all for prayer. Praise God. I'm a person of prayer. I believe in prayer. Uh, we don't have enough prayer. We need more prayer meetings. We need whatever. But I'm just telling you some things we're praying about that we should be talking to. That's right. And so oftentimes we get a well, I just pray about everything. Well, then you're missing out on some things because Everything doesn't need prayer. Some things need prayer. Other things need authority. And they need to be spoken to and dealt with. Like raising children. You pray for them, but then you also exercise authority. And if you don't, like a lot of these parents now are practicing what they call free-range parenting. I don't know if you've read about that or heard, but... It's let them run wild in the restaurant and let them run wild wherever and just do anything they want and burn down the barn or whatever. Uh, let them experiment. And, uh, uh, you know, I, whatever, do your thing, but I, I don't, I don't agree with that philosophy. I don't, I don't think it's scriptural for one thing. Because the Bible says you have to train up a child. And so, you know, some people are saying, well, I want to pray about this. And it's like, you need to just take authority over it. Amen. Good. <laughs> Joyce Meyer. <laughs> I love her. Joyce Meyer, one time I turned on the TV. You want to hear something funny? I turned on the TV and it's Joyce Meyer. And she's doing her post show, show, part of the show, you know, like where she's talking about the sermon that was preached. And I mean, and she, with this face, she goes, <laughs> You know, the problem with so many Christians, they just don't have any joy. You know, people just need to have joy, and they can just get joy, and the joy of the Lord. And this book is about the joy of the Lord. You know, you can... <laughs> I'm thinking, why doesn't somebody there say, you, you want to smile a little with that, sister? Just saying. I love her. It's just so funny. It's her personality, you know. How many people do you know from St. Louis? I mean, that's the deal, you know. But um, that's that's funny to me. I just think that's hysterical. Talking about joy, and there's none on there. There's none apparently there. Praise God. I love Joyce Meyer. Um, I had something else I was going to tell you too. I don't know where. Like Brother Hagen, he said it flew off. You know, when we were in his singing group, we'd be singing our best song. You know, Rhonda that comes. She was. The, Singer, I'm playing the organ, and um, we <laughs> we'd sing our best song. And Brother Hagen's there. This is how to get hated from a Word of Faith crowd. So we're singing our best song that we have. You know, the 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 the, the one that usually gets the most, you know, interaction and excitement, and people standing up and crying and carrying on. So we do this song, and uh, Brother Hagen goes. 
You got anything else? Yeah, so we sing the number two song, and that doesn't work. What else you got? Well, so you sing the third song, and he goes, well, I had something, and they sang the wrong song, and it left. Now, if you want to feel animosity coming from a crowd because you killed the prophet's anointing with your horrible song, it's you're like you just... You bypass the book table, hope somebody ran it, and go to the hotel because you don't want to be like beat up by the mob. <laughs> I think that's funny. I says, Dad, you're gonna, you're gonna cause like a riot or something at some point, you know. But this was a different day. People didn't riot so much then. Now they would riot. Praise God. I had something else for you, but it flew away like a bird. That's Brother Hagin say it flew away like a bird. Watch the bird fly away. <laughs> we can sing, I'll fly away. All right, praise God. Anyway, you can see here that uh, in this scripture, in Matthew 18:18, uh, 18, 18, that Christ has given us an enormous amount of authority. Well, I don't know about you. I'm tired of getting pushed around, shoved around by the devil. Some areas, and I am, I am doing a better job at home, and I'm going to continue of decreeing and declaring things, and just saying I refuse to accept anything less than what Jesus bought and paid for for me. Amen. How many's with me? You believe that? Praise God. Well, God bless you. We'll. uh, See you Sunday morning. Be there or be square. Okay. Praise God. God bless you. Amen.